0: Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well. And I want to thank you very much for joining me for this installment of the Justin Peters program. We have been doing a series entitled Witnessing to the Witnesses. I am recording, or I am playing back, rather, a recording that I made of an extended witnessing encounter that I had with two Jehovah's Witnesses named John and Patricia, husband and wife. Um, Did this a few weeks ago in San Diego, California and today you will hear them trying to make an argument for annihilationism even though they did not know what that word meant i don't think they had even ever heard that word that is essentially what they believe that people who are not within uh yahweh jehovah's fold just simply cease to exist the very thought of a conscious eternal suffering torment is anathema to them they just they just completely reject that because they think that that is not loving and of course uh, as i said yesterday that reflects a very diminished view of god a very diminished and minimalistic view of sin and a very elevated view of man and uh today you will hear we'll spend most of our time today in the book of of revelation and I will quote these verses out of uh, Revelation 14 about how uh, people who die in their sins are tormented day and night in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb, and how uh, their smoke rises up before God, and the smoke of their torment rises up before God day and night. They have no rest day and night. And they try to uh, explain that away, they say that, well, that's symbolic. That's a symbolic language, and yet it is in the same context that their 144,000 number is found, that they are so big on. And uh, you'll hear me point out to them, well, if you're going to say that that is symbolic about the uh, torment day and night, suffering, uh, the, the smoke going up before God, smoke of their torment day and night, if that, if that is symbolic, then to be consistent, then the 144,000 is symbolic too and they really had no answer for that and you'll also hear they try to they try to fall back on these terms sheol and um, they they say that that just means the grave and so that's all that it is you know when people die uh, who are not godly or their sins have not been forgiven then of course they have a very distorted view of sin being forgiven in the first place but they say they just go to go to the grave, that's it, it's just the grave, that's it, and and nothing else. But um, you will hear me explain to them, try to explain to them, that that, uh, one of the primary rules of hermeneutics is that you don't rely solely on the dictionary definition of a word to get the full meaning of the word, and I give the example of metanoia. So anyway, those are some things to be listening for as we uh, play today's installment of Witnessing to the Witnesses. Here we go.
1: He's describing a that. Well, I, I lean towards that it's that it's not a parable, that it was a real event in history, but
0: okay. even if even if it was, even if it was, there are multitudinous yeah. Yeah. examples of the worm does not die, the fire is not quenched. You could go to Revelation tormented day and night forever and ever. And, and let me read to you too, Matthew twenty five. Okay. Uh, Matthew 25. Let's go to Matthew 25. You bet. Matthew 25, verse 46. These will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. Now, you would, you would, you would affirm that those in heaven, the New Jerusalem, will live eternally with God, right? The
1: hundred forty-four thousand—is that what you're referring to?
0: Yeah. However, yeah. you want to—the hundred forty-four thousand that you think will be over, like I guess, governing heaven or whatever.
1: Over earth.
0: Over the Earth, okay. Which I would say the new the new Jerusalem will be on Earth, but a renovated Earth. But that's down the road, a ways. Whenever those events happen, but anyway, these will be people who will walk and talk and and breathe and right, with resurrected bodies, glorified bodies. That right? I mean, you believe that these that there will be people alive, conscious for all of eternity, right?
1: Well, they have an opportunity to live forever on the Earth. After their resurrection, and you know, uh, and, and they reach perfection, and yes, they will have an opportunity to live on this earth forever. But the scripture is going to say, though, that that this whole thing, this whole situation with Adam and Eve and their rebellion, is setting a precedent happen again. This had to be worked out. This situation had to go through. It's like a court case. There's plenty of there's plenty of covenants mentioned in there. Covenants we know are agreements that have been set. So we don't get into the details of that, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that that this is really—it's just this court case is just setting a precedent so that never again an individual will be able to live on the Earth forever. But if they want to rebel, there's no need to go through this whole thing again. They're going to be removed from the Earth. Okay,
0: but but what I'm trying to—we would we would all agree that there will be people who will live forever.
1: They have an opportunity to live forever on the Earth. Yes, the opportunity. 144 thousand they live for they they quote in the scriptures they 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 don't die okay they so you die. think
0: people here on the new earth will die
1: they have the opportunity to live forever as long as they're a part of the program basically for lack of a better word in
0: okay, so they have the opportunity to leave. Here's the point I'm getting
1: at. Right. <laughs> I just want to make sure, because you okay. asked me specifically, specific so, But I hear you got another know.
0: These will go away into eternal punishment. The Greek word there is aeon. Mm-hmm. But the righteous into eternal life.
1: Mm-hmm. Aeon. And who's that it's talking It's the bit? same word. So that's, not, that's not talking about the people on the earth. That's what Patricia was mentioning before. The majority of what you have, that's what gets confusing for a lot of folks, is that the majority of the discussions that Jesus had in the New Testament are to his anointed ones, to the 144,000 the ones that are going to be part of his kingdom, that's why he says you will be with me in kingdom those, the, you don't practice these things he says that in, in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6 9, you will not inherit God's kingdom, it's talking to all these ones that are going to inherit the kingdom they're going to be up here, so that's where it gets confusing
0: ok, well I'm, um, <laughs> you know what i'm trying to to ascertain
1: okay.
0: is however you think it'll all shake out yeah, yeah. you think that there's going to be people who will live forever the 144th oh, yeah. whatever but you don't believe in a literal place where the yeah, worm you. does not die and the fire is not quenched and i'm trying to ascertain yeah why you don't why what did jesus mean When he said the fire, the worm, their worm, personal pronoun, their worm, will not die. The fire will not be quenched. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Revelation 14? Mm -hmm.
1: Let's look at that.
0: Revelation 20?
1: Is that saying Revelation 14?
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in front of the Lamb, is that what it says?
0: In the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb, Christ.
1: Revelation fourteen. It's not the last man on that line. And with
0: him, one hundred forty-two thousand.
1: His name and the name of his father written on their forehead. Was it in the Bible itself? Verses nineteen and eleven. Another angel, a third. Ah, uh, voice I. If anyone worships the wild beast and its image, and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink of the wine of the anger of God that is poured out undiluted on the cup of his wrath, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and in the sight of the Lamb.
0: And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like annihilationism to me. Yeah. It what do you that, do with that?
1: Well, it sounds like symbolically speaking, that what there.
0: But what makes you think that's symbolic? Think Why symbolic would that symbolic. be? Cause, yeah. Okay, so the one hundred forty-four thousand is symbolic. It is you to use that hermeneutic?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To use your logic.
1: Well, that one's pretty specific. Uh, oh
0: the, well, this is pretty specific. Fire and brimstone. That's pretty specific. Mm-hmm. So to, you see, to be consistent, yeah. to use your—you see what I'm saying—to use yeah. your logic, you'd have to say the 144,000 is symbolic.
1: Yeah. Because this—it's this,
0: in the same context. I guess it was. I, mean, it's,
1: I think it's funny. We, we are all kind of—we're all, you know, even the context of Colossians 1:15. I'm kind of using the same analogy there about the the the, um, the Trinity. We could—it's like—it's like. It's like um, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not because I mean, obviously, he's talking about the, them having, uh, you know, the name of his father written on their forehead. So symbolic, literally, it's not literal that they're going to have it etched on their forehead. How do you know? So
0: it doesn't seem reasonable. Doesn't seem reasonable. It doesn't seem reasonable <laughs> that it would be a literal thing. Well, it, what the, but see, but see. <laughs> to me, it doesn't. Patricia, right? Yeah. Patricia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's our see <laughs> Oh, I guess. <got> <laughs> in my brain. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: What part of see, Texas? Is you from?
0: Uh nah, yeah. Mississippi. Actually, so, Mississippi. yeah. I she thought it was Texas too. But, but you see, to hermeneutics, uh, the the method of interpreting scripture, rightly interpreting scripture. If mm-hmm. you, you follow what's called the historical, grammatical, literal approach, the Bible, you take it in its historical context, yep. grammatical context, the truth
1: in translation. That's what the book does. Uh,
0: the um, uh,
1: linguistic.
0: Right. You, you take it. You take it literally. Unless it's obviously symbolic, obviously symbolic. When Jesus said, "I am the door,"
1: yeah.
0: he doesn't literally mean he's a piece of wood with hinges yeah. on it. Right. Obviously, that's symbolic. Right. right. So, but unless something is obviously symbolic, yeah. you take the Bible literally, mm-hmm. and there's no. And and two, you probably, I'm sure, you understand this. In the original manuscripts, there's no chapter divisions and verse numbers. Men put that in just to help us look things up a little bit more easily, you know, so you could say, turn to, you know, John 3 or Romans yeah. 4 or whatever. So there's no, when John wrote this, he didn't write it with chapter divisions. So I guess you I, use I, I the same know. hermeneutic. It, it,
1: Let me ask you this if,
0: if this, if this fire and brimstone smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, mm-hmm. if you're going to say that's symbolic, then you're going to have to say the 144,000 is symbolic.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this then. Like, for example, hell in the Bible. It's mentioned in hell multiple times in the Bible. What's the original Greek word in the New Testament for hell?
0: Sheol, Hades, yeah. Gehenna. What does that
1: mean? What does what does Hades mean?
0: The, uh, the abode of the dead, basically.
1: Or what could it say as well? Yeah,
0: Gehenna could refer to. It is different.
1: Well, I'm talking about because Gehenna is different. But but when you talk about Sheol in Hebrew and and Hades in Greek, what are those original words? If we look up in the, right now and go online, what would they say that means?
0: The the abode of the dead, the grave, that the grave. abode of the dead.
1: So it's kind of interesting how the. We know we got into those other words, which I can't remember the the deep words you were saying. I'll write it down. You know, but, but here's the point I'm trying to say is that we made a big deal about those words in First Colossians mm-hmm. in Colossians 1:15, uh, but never in the Bible it's talking about grave every time. Hades and shields talking about grave, but but it's referring when it's in the Bible as hell. It has a different connotation. It says the abode of the dead, the, because the grave. Because it's
0: described differently.
1: But it calls it a grave. It's just a grave, and not. But why does it? Why do you? Why don't you put a grave in there?
0: One of the another one of the fundamental rules of hermeneutics is uh, word studies are good and they're helpful. But like, I don't get ahead myself. Word studies are good and helpful, but it's not just the dictionary definition of a word that determines its meaning the context Holy Spirit yeah that's right the Holy Spirit of God was a person the Holy Spirit of God so many rabbit trails I want to go off here I want to chase <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God determines the usage determines the, the context he, yeah. he wrote the scriptures yeah. Man inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures so he's the author he determines the meaning of the word because of the context in which it's used. Yeah. It's like the Greek word repentance. Yeah. Or the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, means to change your mind. Yeah. But it does, that's not the full definition of repentance. Repentance just—it doesn't mean just changing your mind. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, uh, John the Baptist, therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance.
1: I can understand that, but the But you
0: look at how it's used in, in, the, con, in the surrounding context. Mm-hmm. And you've got to do something with all of these passages that talk about the worm not dying, the fire not being I, I quenched, the, the smoke takes, rising takes, up yeah. forever and ever, yeah. day and night.
1: Well, they, that's where Gehenna ties in there too. And I remember they used to have that dump outside of Jerusalem that they would burn with sulfur and it would continue on and on. And they, Jesus did use that as a reference for everlasting destruction. And so everlasting destruction is something that, that you know, you're going to be everlastingly... Destroyed basically.
0: But that was just a, a small illustration of a much larger reality. I mean, here it is. This is it, Revelation. We're talking about eschatology mm-hmm. here. We're talking mm-hmm. about the end times. Mm-hmm. And it says, the smoke of their torment.
1: Yeah. Torment. Yeah.
0: Conscious suffering. Yeah. Goes up forever and ever, yeah. and they have no rest. Yeah. Day and night. I think it's they good have no rest. Yeah. See, your view is that people just cease to exist. They just like poof, they're gone. Yeah. This says they have no rest, day and night.
1: Why? Well, we yeah.
0: Well. So, what do you do with that? They have no rest, day and night. There's there's no just ceasing to exist.
1: Well, that verse is. Sorry, but it is very
0: symbolic yeah okay so the hundred forty-four thousand is symbolic and it's all symbolic
1: yeah
0: so let's just make it all symbolic this is all just a fairy tale
1: no you can i mean you can discern the parts that are and the parts that aren't
0: <laughs> Yeah, but it seems pretty clear to me that that's not symbolic that's pretty I, I think literal we, i think we leave it this
1: way i think we do this is that i think i think justin makes a nice point i mean obviously you are well versed in the scriptures, you you, you uh, doing the traveling you do, and, and, and you're you're trying to seek the truth. And honestly, Patricia and I are honestly trying to do the same thing, you know. And, and I know you're going to go back to Mississippi and, and and all that. And and I think we have our we have our our differences, and and that's okay, you know. We can all work that out, you know. You know, and and I know that we feel that we're honestly trying to study the scriptures and apply it. As best as we can in understanding it, and I know you're doing the same thing. Um, We have differences in opinion. We're not going to be able to solve that here. You know, we're not going to do that, and we appreciate you sharing your thoughts, but um,
0: Um, we can, you know. And it it is okay uh, in the sense, you know, that we come to different conclusions. That is okay in the sense, like, we're not Muslims and we're not going to cut each other's heads off if we disagree. Yeah. That having been said. Yeah. Uh, what we've been talking about today are matters of eternal significance. And,
1: but and we're not going to change each other. You have your, your well, you have your I'm, thought, and I have
0: I, mine. I hope, though, I hope that um, when y'all leave, and it's been my prayer since yeah. uh, we met the other day, yeah. that that what I've said will haunt you. And I say that in a loving way. That it will haunt you because if, if you're wrong, if you're wrong, it's going to be very very bad.
1: We feel the same way though, so that's where well, we. If, if I'm
0: wrong according to y'all, I just cease to exist. So it's not that big a deal. Well, okay, dear friends, I hope that that uh, was helpful for you, and um, I, I hope maybe in this uh, you can you can kind of hear some of my. Um, there, there's a couple times I sighed. I don't know if you picked up on that. Uh, uh, th- th- this is. This is a, a helpful exchange for us to know how to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses, know how to answer their arguments, and to uh, be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. First Peter three fifteen, and so I, I'm hoping that this is helpful for you. But at the same time, I, I don't want you to, uh, I don't want you to think badly of John and Patricia. Um, they are, they are not our, they're they're not our enemies. And I say that they are, theologically speaking, they are they are enemies of the gospel because they have a they have a, a a false gospel. But but we should not wish ill on them. You know, my heart, even as I was talking with them, my heart was breaking for them because, uh, as you heard me just try to implore to them right there that uh, if if they're wrong, they're in they're in trouble, they're in trouble. Um, and it would have been better for them never to have begun that conversation with me if they're going to end up rejecting what I presented to them, the truth that I gave them, it would have been better off for them had they never, had they never met me. So, um, uh, I, I continue to pray for John and Patricia. And as I said in the recording there, I hope that what I said to them haunts them. Uh, I hope that it haunts them. So anyway, uh, I would appreciate your prayers for John and Patricia. And God does save people out of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, cult. He He does do that. So uh, I pray that that seed that uh, was sown will find some fertile soil at some point. But we still have a few more sessions to go because it sounded like it was about to wrap up there, but but uh, it ends up going a little bit longer. So, uh, Lord willing, I look forward to our next time together. I invite you to come back tomorrow as we continue to listen to this, this exchange, uh, Witnessing to the Witnesses. Thank you very much, dear ones. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.